From the Montclair State State School School of Communication. And media at WMSC-FM. The latest on business, technology, and media issues. You're listening to the Media Download Podcast. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Christian Curatola, a student here at Montclair State University. Joining me in studio today is filmmaker Isabel Sandoval. She is here at Montclair State to present her film Apparition, a meditative drama about the limits of faith and the corruption of innocence. She produced, wrote, and directed another full-length feature entitled Senorita in 2011, which is nominated for Best Picture by the Young Critics Circle of the Philippines. Thank you for joining us, Isabel. Thanks for having me this afternoon. Awesome. So how has your life's journey, let's call it, let's be hippie, how does your life's journey affect uh, the movies you make? I guess you can say that I've done two feature films so far and I'm about to go into pre-production, my third one. I've always been drawn to stories about marginalized women. My last feature film, Apparition, um, which actually was shown at MoMA last year, is about cloistered Roman Catholic nuns in the Philippines in 1971. And that year is pretty significant because that's about a year before the Declaration of Martial Law in the Philippines, which is considered the darkest period in contemporary Philippine history. And, you know, in 1986, I was still a very young kid. It was actually these nuns who took to the streets and marched and protested the then-dictator president and were considered to be responsible for his ousters. So when we think about nuns, for instance, we perceive them to be very sort of docile and subservient, and which is a stark contrast to the image that we see in 1986. So Apparition tackles the story of this sort, you know, nuns who you never see or hear about during that period in Philippine history. So I wanted to shed a light on their political awakening. My first feature film is called Senorita. It's about a trans woman who works as an escort in Manila, but you know starts a new life in the province and finds herself getting involved in the local elections. And my upcoming feature film, it's called Lingua Franca, and it's my first American production. It's about an undocumented Filipino trans woman who works as a caregiver to an elderly Russian Jewish woman in Coney Island. And when she runs out of options to get legal status, she finds herself romantically involved with a Russian Jewish man. Thank uh, thank you for that. Uh, So now turning more to the business of filmmaking and everything, almost a year ago you joined a panel at South by Southwest entitled The Future is Female, Parody Now, uh, alongside acclaimed filmmakers like Bette Gordon, Nanfu Wang, uh, this was well before the Me Too uh, movement really took off. So what was that conversation like about a year ago? Um, I feel like the conversation about the gap in terms of visibility and representation, not just for women filmmakers, but minority filmmakers in terms of you know race and gender. And I feel the Me Too movement has just put that whole conversation this, in the limelight. You know, there's a lot more sense of urgency in terms of the problems that need to be addressed. But one of the points that I raised at South by Southwest was that the Filipino film industry can actually be considered, I think, a model industry in terms of um, the representation and power given to women directors. Um, 
in fact, I feel like half of the top filmmakers in the Philippines are women. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it's women occupying top executive positions in the two biggest um, film production and distribution companies in the Philippines. So I feel that it's very important in order to affect change is that we need to have women and minorities in the drawing board where decisions are being made about what movies are getting produced and what movies are being put out. So do you believe that we're seeing now, at least in the American industry, a change to that? Are we, is progress being made? Are you optimistic or? Um, to be honest, only time will tell. Okay. You know, I mean, we're in this very specific moment of outrage and indignation and, you know, a lot of the, not even changes, but corrective action that's being done is to correct things like sexual harassment or sexual assault, which should not be taking place mm-hmm. in the first place. So in terms of a, an enduring, sustainable, and long-term change um, in Hollywood, I think, yeah, only time will really tell. Okay. Um, what about the landscape for... Uh uh, what about the landscape for diversity in a more social context, besides just the entertainment industry? Do you think that is moving in the right direction? Um, you mentioned about uh, the trans woman running for office. Uh, now we have uh, Danica Rome uh, in Virginia. Do you think we're on the right track for diversity in other regards, in outside of just the film industry and everything? Um, when you think about the current political climate, in a sense, it's kind of you know, one step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, you know, forces, cultural forces that are pushing for diversity and representation. But then the other half of the country is also pushing for a more conservative agenda. Mm-hmm. And there's a constant, you know, push and pull between these two forces. And I think what's just very important um, for the left and progressives to remember is that especially in the Me Too movement and Time's Up, you know, that we are careful not to eat our own, so to speak, and sort of cannibalize the forces and the people that are sympathetic and actually supporting the cause. So I guess now it's coming around to award season, Mm -hmm. right? And do you think that the award shows, whether it be the Golden Globes, the Oscars, or... Grammys, Grammys, I can literally name all of them. Uh, do you think they're doing a good enough job of representing the marginalized and representing the interests of people who may not have as much of a voice and in other outlets? Um, I think so. To a certain extent, the Golden Globes in particular, a lot of the you know, female celebrities and nominees um, actually brought with them as their sort of escort for the ceremony women activists and a lot of these you know women activists are never given the due platform they should be given you had Tarana Burke you had Asian American activists um of course it can be argued just like Rose McGowan would Mm. say that these you know gestures are cosmetic Mm. and superficial but then when you think about how popular consciousness and especially among young people. They're very glued to popular culture and social media. So this kind of platform, I think, is valid in making you know, minorities and the progressive elements realize that 
yeah, there is a movement that's going on because if they're not going to sing it in Hollywood, where else would they see it? So then uh, what do you believe is the best method to bring a message out there? And I can only speak as a Of course, from your perspective as a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you believe is the best, most effective method to somebody who wants to help spread a message, who wants to give voice to the unvoiced? Yeah, I think, you know, the easy answer would be to make art and in my case to make films that are you know, compelling and talk about the issues of the day. But I think the more important responsibility is to make sure that people, audiences see them. And that requires a lot more creativity and um, resourcefulness. And I'm actually very lucky because, you know, with the Lingo Franca, my upcoming feature, just a year ago, I was close to, you know, shelving the entire project. I mean, as an immigrant, I had just gotten my green card at that point, you know, that was shortly after Trump won. And I'm not sure if you guys voted for Trump. But, and I was just feeling, you know, very vulnerable and targeted. And I was telling my now producer that you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this. Um, but she said, you know, now more than ever, you need to make this film. So, yeah, fast forward now, I'm just... You know, I feel very fortunate and grateful because you know, among my producers, one is an Academy Award member, uh, award winner. The other is a Tony Award winning Broadway producer. My production designer is a Tony Award winning production designer. And I have Hollywood names attached to the cast who are actually willing to take a massive pay cut because they believe in the project and what the project is trying to say. But as much as this upcoming feature touches on themes like immigration and LGBT issues, I don't want it to be just a social issue drama because, you know, that will be just like propaganda, but I want it to be a very human story. And I feel like going with with that approach, it's going to be more resonant and more compelling to a lot more people. So one last question. Sure. What do you say to the artist, to the filmmaker, to the author, who they have an idea in their head and they want to make it happen, but they're not sure yet? What do you have to say to them? I think you should really evaluate and assess, you know, whether how much you want to create something or to produce something versus what resources and logistics are required and also, you know, be very, you have to be honest with yourself about whether you have both the commitment, the discipline, and also the talent to pull it off. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. If you'd like to know more about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. Thank you so much for listening.